Hello and welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast. Just a massive thank you to whoever you are listening to this. Before we start, just to remind you that we do this podcast two, three times a week. But we don't always know which days it's going to be on, so there's only one way to know, and that is to subscribe and get notifications. Why not drop us a review while you're there? Right, enough about that. Let's talk some rugby. I'm Ben James. I'm joined by Andy Howell. It's been a busy old day here at Wales Online. It's been the Wales uh, team announcement to face Scotland. That news feels like it's been overtaken a fair bit by uh, other things that are going on today, but let's let's start with that. Then Wales-Scotland, they've named the team and the game, as things stand, as we record this podcast, is going ahead. Yeah, it is the uh, latest advice from the uh, Welsh government via Public Health Wales that it is uh, the game can take place. So, yeah, it's due to start at 2.15 on uh, Saturday. Obviously, if we don't know if anything else is going to happen in the meantime, as it stands, you know, we talk about the rugby because the game is is on. Wales have made uh, four changes to their side from the side of the loss that, uh, at um, Twickenham against uh, England. And I guess perhaps the most uh, notable two of them is that Rhys Webb is making his first start since uh, November, was it, 2017 at Scrum Half. And Will Griff John has been brought in at prop. Um, Dylan Lewis, I think, is out with the injury. So Will Griff John has been given the task of shoring up the scrum. Wayne Pivot said today scrummaging is his, uh, his strength. Well, I'd ask the question, if scrummaging is his strength, why is he even playing earlier in this championship? Because Wales have had scrummaging problems. There must have been a bit of a theme, hasn't it? I think, obviously, we mentioned earlier in, in the office about um, the, the front row and, and scrum half's another position where players have been in and out with the team and, and it's been a bit like revolving doors um, obviously we've had Dylan Lewis start we've now got Will Griff um, two of the loose heads have both had starting you know, chances in the Six Nations in all three scrum halves we, we don't feel like we're any closer to really finding out who, who are the best players in those positions No we certainly don't do we and that's part of the problem hasn't it, it's been a bit confusing selection picture, there's been some uncertainty over who's the best player I think the Wales management are still trying to find that out um, you know, scrum half looked healthy going into the tournament with Gaz Davis and um, Thomas Williams, both having strong World Cups um, and Six Nations last season. Uh, but for some reason, uh, you know, they've lost a bit of form and uh, Wales struggled a bit at scrum half. And then uh, Reese Webb, who was uh, eligible again after um, uh, leaving Toulon, is. Um, you know, back in the squad, he was rusty, first of all, because he hadn't played much for Toulon this season, needed again a bit of shape, was on the bench against Italy because Gareth Davis had a minor injury, um, came off it now, but um, uh, wasn't really on a pace in that game, but since joined Bath on loan for the rest of the season... Albeit he's only had one game, but he came back against uh, England uh, with 35 minutes to play at Twickenham. He looked a bit sharper, and uh, as the game as that game went on, he just got better and better. You know, he started to flow, his rhythm was there, and I think he put up an uh, unassailable case to be included this uh, weekend. I think they had to pick him. I guess the the other change, obviously, in the starting 15 is Corey Hills back. Again, it's it's another long wait for a start, isn't it? Is it February 2019 against England, was it not? His yeah, last start? Yeah, his last action in that game was a score try. A decisive yeah. try. He had a, you know, excellent game. Uh, since then, he's had, um, 
you know, stress fracture in his leg, cost him World Cup. Though he went to World Cup, sent home playing a game, and uh, he's had a he had a few, he's had a few games for the Dragons. Then he was on a bench against Italy, came off it, did uh, did well, but hamstring problem then. So we haven't seen him since, and now he's thrown straight in the side as a as a starter. Um, it's been a bit of a theme this tournament. Wales playing players who are arguably not match fit. Um, you know, we've had Liam Williams. Josh Navidi, though Navidi played really well as he got better as the game went on last week, weekend, and um, you know Rhys Webb at uh, against Italy and yep. played much. So it's been a bit of a theme. Wales are just putting players in who haven't played much, you know, hardly played. So uh, not sure if that's the right policy, but I'm a big fan of Corey Hill. I think he's an excellent player. Uh, Locke, he w- he's going to be calling a line out as well. He's a leader, so that 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 should improve the. The lineup are their options in the lineup where they decide to go, and um, you know if Wales Wales need to keep him fit for the future because he's probably a leading contender to take over from uh, Alan Wynne Jones as captain when Alan Wynne finally calls it a day. Indeed, I suppose uh, looking elsewhere in the squad at the other lock options, you'd say that Will Rowlands is probably a similar mould to Corey Hill, but obviously a lot less experience. He's very new in the in the camp. where Hill is scores, mind is his footwork, and his yeah. uh, and his handling ability, and his vision and all. He's a bit of a fo- he's a real rounded footballer. Yeah. So he does score on our front. And 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 then you've got Adam Beard, who who just doesn't seem to really. He seems he's fallen away since the World Cup. Um, I guess there's questions about whether he's mobile enough to play in this in this sort of new new Wales game plan. Yeah, I think that's a that's a fair assessment, Ben. Um, Disappointing, really. He's fallen away because he was heavily involved in that winning run of Wales, 14 matches, was it? And, yep. uh, you know, didn't know how to lose, really, playing for Wales. Um, young lad who's uh, only probably going to get better and better. Same with Aaron Wainwright, though I accept the competition for places in the back row is exceptional. But Aaron Wainwright, Warren Gatland, when he left Wales after World Cup, was talking Wainwright up as a potential test starter for the Lions next year in South Africa. All of a sudden, he's out in the cold, not even a match day 23. And you could argue he's done a little wrong as well. Uh, Beard, you know, um, he's going to be interesting. Does this been put down a pecking order, Beard in particular, will have a negative effect on his, on his, on his, you know, on his game and his confidence. Yeah. Hmm. yeah, so it surprised me a bit that uh, because when Pivot took over as Wales coach uh, and for the Barbarians game when he brought Johnny McNichol, Willis Hallelolo into the squad, you know, uh, players who qualified on residency, that he, uh, you know, he did say that the uh, the, the players who were playing in Wales had a, and were Welsh had um, had an advantage basically when it came into selection. Now, I'm not sure if the same applies when you compare like Adam Beard with Will Rowlands. Of course, Will plays in a gala yeah. premiership. So is the same premise used there or not? Though maybe Rowlands would be a better impact player. Beard perhaps is more of a starter. Yeah, I would also argue that Adam Beard had been playing particularly good rugby in between the World Cup and the Six Nations that he hadn't really put together a great deal of form for the Ospreys, which may be counted towards that as well yeah uh, potentially but there again at least he was playing some rugby yeah. I mean Alan Wynne Jones hardly played a game so uh, you know was it one game or two games so uh, you know okay he's a proven operator but Beard perhaps suffered from being in a team which was decimated by injuries at the Ospreys and it was almost, you know they were almost put out a third team so it was very difficult for him and difficult for any player in that side let's let's move on to the bench um, 
Obviously, Ryan Elias is still a reserve hooker. And then Reese Carey's on the bench, as he ha- largely has been during this tournament, mm. impact player. That means Rob Evans is completely out of the squad. Surprised by that? Uh, I'm a bit surprised. Yeah, he was dropped. It's the same thing, isn't it? A scrum half is at, uh, at prop, at loose head prop. You know, it's been in, out, in, out. So we've had Wynn Jones, yeah. Rob Evans, Wynn back now, back to Wynn Jones. You know, he's... He, wasn't considered, I don't think, last week or something, or because yeah, maybe he could have played beyond three much because of an hip problem. So there, but now Rob Evans out. Carry, except why he's on the bench, or because he's impact. And at the moment, that's probably the the right place for him, and he and he can come on perhaps and make a difference. Did okay at Twickenham last weekend, um, but you know the the prop situation is. But what's just show? Why that show is that Wales's problems in the front row uh, at prop. Uh, at tight dead and loose head and Wales is you know scrummaging issues which uh, has been the fault line in their game uh, this campaign they're missing most of all is Thomas Francis you know who's yeah. the uh, cornerstone of the, the team and it turns out to me you know to, he's arguably you could uh, I could argue now that he is uh, the, actually the most important person in the Wales squad when he's fit because of the lack of alternatives at this moment in time but hopefully you know, Thomas, when he started playing for Wales, came from Exeter. He wasn't the fittest bloke in the world, but it's developed hugely on the fitness front. So, so his scrummaging was always pretty decent, but then he developed the rest of his game. Hopefully, Will Griff uh, John is, um, you know, is the same milk. He can show up a scrum, stabilise the scrum, and he can do a bit more. I mean, he's right up for it. He's full of confidence. He spoke to the uh, media today there afterwards, and he is up for the fight. He's busting for it. So uh, the signs are good, and you know he he's, he seems a really confident bloke, and he's confident in his ability. So I think he, he's not going out there to hide; he's going out there to make an impact. What was the feeling like down at the Vale? Obviously, you and and Matthew have been down there, and you've seen heard from Pivac. Um, I imagine some topics dominated the the press conference more than others. But what, what was the feeling like down there? Well, it's a bit strange because even though they're talking about the game and everything, you know, and I don't, even now, you know, despite what Public Health Wales and Welsh uh, Health Minister Vaughan Gethin has said, I don't think everyone is entirely convinced. No. Uh, that they, I don't think until the game actually kicks off or still Saturday morning that, uh, you know, everyone's not entirely sure, we, you know, it's going to still take place. Things could change in the next 24 uh, hours. So there was yeah. a bit of that mood there, you know. There was a lot of journalists there today. The English uh, media, of course, with England's game being off, they uh, descended en masse uh, on the veil. And, uh, you know, they were asking, about, obviously, about coronavirus. That was uh, pretty uh, pretty big for uh, for them. And, um, you know, Wayne Pivot, he said about that, you know, they were going by by what the uh, specialists say about it. So, uh, as it stood, the, the, the game was on. Uh, Wales, the, uh, the message, I think, from Pivot on a playing point of view is that Wales think that uh, if they can click against someone, and uh, hopefully that against Scotland, that that team could, uh, you know, uh, take a bit of a pace in. Just as a lack of, being a lack of accuracy in attack and in defence. And it's getting the players are so used to doing it the Gatland way, it's taking time to adapt. He says he thinks they're about halfway there. To adapt them, but he does say, you know, results is a results business, and um, and um, you know, they were desperate to win this game. Um, he talked about Lewis uh, Reese Zamet. He said he's still got areas. He's in, you know, he knows what he's got to work on. He's working on the um, areas of his game. He mentioned about kicking and the eyeball things like that. But he did say he's almost ready for Test rugby. So 
you know, which suggests that this won't be long before he, he gets a chance. Um, no. So, you know, uh, Pivot spoke quite well, actually. Uh, yeah, give, you know, give credit where it's due. He spoke well about on, on, on everything. And uh, he was quite, was quite interesting, his uh, tactical insight into what Wales trying to do. There we go. Um, look, looking ahead then to Saturday, as we say, you know, as, as far as we know, the game is going ahead. That could all change in the next 48 hours or so. Are you surprised at the minute that it is going ahead? If you look at the, 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 the number of countries, I know the government are following medical advice, but if you look at the number of countries that have banned large gatherings, you know, you've got Scotland, Ireland, Austria, Germany, Poland, Finland, Czech Republic, Norway, Romania, Slovenia, Belgium. And then there's 70,000 people in Cardiff. Is that surprising to you? In some respects, yes. Uh, because uh, potentially the seriousness of the situation with coronavirus and, uh, you know, um, everyone's in fear of it and we don't know what damage it's going to do um, over the next few weeks and perhaps longer. So, uh, yeah, I am surprised in in the sense as well, you know, I travel to work by train and all and I see these trains on match day and yeah. how crowded they are and the proximity of people. So, you know, if there's people there, which there probably may well be, with, uh, who don't know they have got the illness or the symptoms, there's potential for it to be spread. You know, for, like I'm now seriously considering not travelling by train on Saturday, of actually driving down. Because yeah. you're cocooned in your car, you know, from the, on for, for those of that very reason. So, uh, it, it is a surprise. But Welsh Government, in one respect, Scotland have gone it alone here, have gone alone themselves, the Scottish Government, and they've decided on their policy. It's different to Westminster policy. Welsh Government seems to me is following the Westminster policy, if you like, public health world, uh, yeah. England as well. So they've gone on, on, on those lines. So, you know, I don't think the Welsh Rugby Union should call it off unless the government says stop sporting events. Um, exactly. You know, I don't think it should it be there. The board. I don't think it should be there. Uh, the board should be in their court. Really. I think it's the government court. If the Welsh government wanted, if Mark Drakeford, the first minister, wanted a lead on it, he could, like they have in Scotland, I imagine. Yep. So he could say, you know, in Wales, this shouldn't go ahead. But you know, he, they haven't said that, are they? So at the moment, WIU playing by what's been been said to them. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? You know, the, the, the union are acting on the mm. advice that largely this game can still go ahead from the government. And then I suppose as, as much as the widespread spread belief, you know, you sort of see on social media is this game shouldn't go ahead. They In, in you know, the unions just you know, factor into their decision making. If you played it behind closed doors, you'd lose what? A lot of money. Yeah, they might be chewing mine. Might They're be. not being covered by insurance or not, you know, in the dark about. And then if you went, if you mm. say move it to October, which mm. is what the other Six Nations games are doing, Wales have mm. then a, a five games yeah. in, in five weekends. Again, that's something you can get mm. round mm. if, you know, logistically you can't play the mm. game this weekend. But if, it, if you're not getting official guidance, yeah, those, those are reasons... That they're an out to not call this game off, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, you know, you've got to get guidance to say the game should be off to postpone it. I mean, 
WIU, really, if they can get this game, dare I say it, out of the way now because Wales can't win a championship, be better for them. And, of course, it eases their cash flow because they'll have the cash flow from this game. You know, because, don't forget, WIU, they constantly, they're a business, they're turning over money. So there's incomings, outgoings, they've got the outgoings, you know, monthly payments, goes to clubs, regions, etc. So they've got to finance that. You know, they haven't got unlimited uh, cash coffers. They've got a s- smallish reserve. So if you haven't got events going on, say now the Principality Stadium is not able to hold after this weekend, doesn't hold events, say pop concerts are due there this summer and all are all cancelled and all, it's going to have a massive hit on the revenue streams of the WIU, which has a knock-on effect then on the game in Wales, regions, clubs, etc., community game. Yeah. You know, where they get, they're going to have to probably then, they would have to, you know, increase their bank debt probably, uh, loan and all, to, to be able to pay their bills and all. You know, so there's a massive not the repercussions of this virus, not just in rugby, but in the world generally, or business world, is potentially massive. We're talking airlines, travel companies, restaurants, hotels, everything, businesses, industry, you know. So, uh, you know, it's really, it's really worrying, isn't it? Indeed. You know, we are probably facing, you know, you know I'm old man, really. <laughs> you know, we are probably facing now the biggest crisis in my life. Simple, with this coronavirus. Yeah, potentially. I mean, Boris Johnson speaking as as we record this podcast, um, he says they're considering banning major events like sporting fixtures. Um, at the time being, that's just con- they're considering it. There, there'll be more to say on that shortly. Uh, one one thing that has been indefinitely suspended is the Pro Fourteen. They've taken action. Um, I suppose that's a bit more inevitable, given mm. it, it's a league built up of. Irish, Italian, Scottish and Welsh teams and obviously Italy are are struggling with coronavirus and Ireland have taken measures. But um, it's a fairly definitive uh, course of action by the Pro 14, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I don't think we had any choice though because of what you just said, Italy and and, uh, Ireland in it and now Scotland as well with gatherings. So uh, they haven't got a choice. You know, I doubt if those. Ma- I think they'll end up with a situation in those ma- most of those matches. Can't see many, if any of them, being replayed. Um, and you know, the Pro 14 said, was it last week or the week before? I think it was last week. If matches are, are, are cancelled, each team will get two points. So it could be a situation where you look at the league tables now, and if there's no more matches held between now and the playoffs, if they go ahead, you know, the, the, it could be the teams that's in in situ now. Who play in uh, playing those matches? I think that's strong leadership actually by the uh, uh, Pro 14, but yeah. they have got the cost border thing to um, to look at, and uh, you know maybe the British government, Boris Johnson, maybe Mark Bra- uh, Drakeford, First Minister in Wales, perhaps they can take a lead and provide some uh, strong leadership. Because I think naturally, crisis. when when they came out, then it it does draw more focus onto the fact that Wales Scotland is going ahead, doesn't it? It's this that contrast, and obviously there are differences, and it's not as simple as that, but when Wales v Scotland's going ahead this weekend, but the Pro 14 see fit to can't, you know, basically suspend every game mm. from now until May indefinitely, mm. it, it is a bit of a sort of paradox. Yeah, it is. It is, isn't it? But, you know, this is the, and it's not their fault. This is the quandary the WIU are in. Yeah. And it, it's not their fault. It's, you know, it's for government, really, uh, for government decision. You know, they just are following that. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think they can. Win in a sense, WIU. Though I do believe in the last 24 hours, public opinion 
public are now realising the gravity of this crisis yeah. and the dangers, the implications. And I think public opinion is moving more towards you know doing what they do done in Italy uh, and other countries about more about lockdowns and um, cancelling major sporting events and, uh, and and taking other measures you know to try and um, try and make it better for the uh, for the public yeah indeed like you know this if this match does go ahead this could well be the end of our rugby season because the Pro 14 is suspended it, it's hard to see the European games going ahead because four of the eight of them are in France yeah uh, yeah I would uh, agree with you this is could be the end of the season and uh do you know what? It could be the end of the sporting season as a whole. Yeah, You're talking a football. lot of sports are. You know, I don't think that uh, your champs will take place, which Wales are then this year. No. Can't see them uh, taking place. There's a hoo-ha going on in Australia about the Australian Formula 1 Grand Prix. Drivers kicking up, Lewis Hamilton leading it, should never have been held, things like that. So, you know, that's a worldwide circus. Can't see that happening. Wales tour, supposed to be playing Japan en route to um, New Zealand in the summer. Can't you know? The, I know it's a long way off, but that that's got to be a doubt. It's certainly, the Japan leg and uh, New Zealand in it, 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 I know Britain's an island as well, which does help when you're fighting like a virus, I guess. But New Zealand is an island as well, two couple of islands, and they got a lot smaller population, so they they can actually clamp down even more stringently in Britain yeah. and have more effective results. They you know it, if you go to New Zealand, if you've got an apple in your bag when you arrive in New Zealand, they have it off you. You know they sold about their. Uh, about their livestock and etc. So, uh, you know, they might not want <laughs> Europeans and all going over there this summer. Indeed. So that all might not happen. We, you know, we could be talking here about a sporting lockdown, which could actually continue, you know, until next season. We don't know. No one knows because no one knows coronavirus, what impact it's going to have on the world. Indeed. Um, it, it's it's hard to talk rugby when, it, when, you know, such sort of unprecedented things are going on. But I guess we should finish looking ahead to the match if it does go ahead. How, how do you see this this game going? I uh, if this game was in uh, Murrayfield, I would in, have Scotland a strong favourites, and I respect them win. Uh, it's in Cardiff though, and uh, um, I, I think Wales Wales if they shore up the scrum, cut out the soft tries they're giving away or conceding, and uh, and and unable to get get their hands on the ball for for longer, more patience, which goes back to the scrum thing. You know they got the solid foundations. I, I think Wales can win this game. Yeah, I'm looking probably, you know, a scoreline 25, 21, something like that. Something pretty, uh, pretty close. But I think Wales can, yeah, can win this match. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Um, oh, prediction for myself. I feel like, you know, Scotland are defending well. Obviously, Steve Tandy. Uh, we've spoken a lot about Mr. Tandy this week and, and whether he's lost to Welsh rugby, but. I think it's got to click at some point. I think this week could be the week it clicks, and I think Wilgriff John's going to just give us a little bit more sort of you know solidify things in the scrums. That's less of a concern for us in in those key moments, and and hopefully it does click, and 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 we can beat Scotland convincingly. I don't think they travel particularly well. Um, I mean, they haven't won in Cardiff since two thousand and two. And I, I, I can't recall many Six Nations victories away from home in the last few years either, either under Vern Cotter or Greg and Townsend. So I think they're very good at Murrayfield, uh, less so on the road. So I think if Wales aren't 
you know, the architects their own downfall, they should win this. Ended on a positive then, Ben. I did. There yeah. we go. So that's it for this podcast. Um, obviously, <laughs> in the way things are, things could change very quickly, and you can catch all the latest on Wales Online.